Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of It's Become a Whole Thing with me, Emily Rose. Um, so currently I am kind of living this like Canadian winter wonderland fantasy. Um, I don't want to make you guys too jealous. I won't get into too much detail to be honest, but I'm basically hiding in my closet right now because the snow trucks are going by. So the way it works in my city is that (laughs) at around nine or 10 o'clock at night after a heavy snowfall, uh, these trucks come with sirens and they go up and down the block for about 20 minutes, blasting these sirens to warn any cars who haven't gotten off the road to do so. And then, uh, plow trucks come all night (laughs) beeping (laughs) loudly going back and forth across the street. So uh, that's what I'm working with. But that's showbiz, baby. And (laughs) we got to get this intro recorded because I've got a great episode for you guys this week. This week, I have the delight and the pleasure of talking to Tori from Ready to Be Petty podcast. She's just great. I was on her podcast a couple weeks ago and we had a lot of fun <laughs> and <laughs> um, we just had a great time giggling and talking shit as as we are wont to do here on this podcast. So it's a pretty packed episode. So I want to jump right in. Okay. So before we get into it, I just want to make a quick note about this incredible product I discovered called CBD. Um, you've probably never heard of it. It's like pretty, it's like pretty up and coming. No, actually it's sort of this thing that's now recommended as a panacea for any of our problems, but it's actually because it's a very versatile product. So in another lifetime, what feels like I was actually managing a government weed store. So for anyone who's not Canadian, I don't know if that sounds odd to you, but yeah, we have government run weed stores here. And so that's what I used to sell and talk to hundreds of customers a week about. And CBD is really interesting because I do find, so for most people, it makes them a lot calmer, but for some people, it energizes them. And there's tons of scientific research on CBD, but in my own anecdotal observation, I did find from all the customers that I had that for the people that it energized were the people that kind of needed a, a boost and a pickup in their mood. And for the people that it calmed down, they they needed to be calm and they needed more sleep, which is, I mean, it, it's most of us out there. So the product that I have for you guys is Aries Essential CBD gummies. So they have these sour gummy bears, watermelon gummies, and tinctures, and they gave me a code. So the the code is valid for another week from today. The code is whole thing 20 and you can use it at checkout for 20% off. So if you want to get two birdstone at once, then support me and also just uh, distract yourself from uh, the anxiety of staring into the void, you know, from the stress of this post-capitalist hellscape that we're in, use code whole thing. <laughs> really these are products that I use love anyway um, I'll link it in the episode description so okay so on to today's episode we're going to be talking about why frivolous pop culture topics affect all of us we're going to get into the Kardashians and how they don't have as much money as they say they do I'll I'll put in a timestamp for those of you that just 
can't <laughs> be bothered to hear about this family anymore. And then we're going to get into Call Her Daddy and all the controversies surrounding it as they pivot from sort of this raunchy content to serious interviews with polarizing figures like Judas Lynn Spears and Colton Underwood. And then we'll get into Euphoria. So all the PR relationships that have go been going on around the show and the role of nudity and what it means for characters that are playing teenagers. Like, is it a comment on society's desires? Is it exploitative? I I I'd like you to listen and then I I'd like your feedback at the end. So without further ado, here's today's show. Okay, so we're back with Tori from the Ready to be Petty podcast. Hi, Tori. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I was so excited to record today. When I talked about scheduling with you, this was the the soonest that we were both available, but I kept thinking over the weeks that I, I wished I could move it up so we could just hang out and talk celebs. Literally. Well, even just before this, we're like, we should probably start recording because we're just talking for like ever. So this is perfect. Yeah. We spent, yeah. Before, before recording, we spent half an hour just talking about pop culture things. And we're like, wait, isn't that why we're here today? Should we, <laughs> should we just make a podcast now? <laughs> like we intended. It's time. Um, so when I went on your podcast, which if you're not already listening to get your life together, go <laughs> right now <laughs> and subscribe, put this one on pause. Um, but <laughs> when, it, when, when I went on your podcast, we had told the story of how we met, but I just thought it'd be cool to tell it again. Cause I think it's a really special story. Yeah. For me too. Do you want me to tell it or do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> the story of how we met. <laughs> yeah. I'll how about I, I think you told it on mine. So I'll tell it, I'll tell it here. Okay. Well, I am a major TikTok watcher, user. <laughs> That's my contributions as of right now to the clock app. But I came across Emily's content. I can't even remember the first video I saw of yours. Like, I think it was about PR relationships. It was in Maybe the first like, week I started posting. Was it about Ben and Jen? Yeah, I think that was the first one that really took off. But like, it was... You definitely had views, but you weren't huge. You had definitely had under 5K yeah. followers. And I was like, okay, I love these hot takes. And I feel like just your depth in pop culture knowledge is wild, <laughs> but like on the same level as mine. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. like kindred spirits, like no Absolutely. judgment. Yes. And then, so I just reached out to you because again, in the I comments. Yes. In the, like bold. I, I think I was even on my personal account. You were like, and hey, I, was like, I have a podcast, want to be on my podcast. And I was like, what is life that I'm being invited on a podcast? Like who would want to hear what I have to say in long form <laughs> like for more than a minute? Me. And like, it's so random because it's like basically like a private user. Like it sounds sketch, I feel like. And you just messaged me back and I was like, let's put something on the books. And then we did and it was magic. And then we found out we had so much in common in other aspects of our lives. It didn't feel sketchy because like if you were a scammer, <laughs> I think inviting someone on a podcast is not really the way to do it. Like <laughs> you're right. I'm like, give me your social security yeah. number now. Like, yeah. You're like, fill in this form um, with all your bank information. Like I think then I would, <laughs> but I think there's different avenues for scamming. So this felt legit. And then, yeah. And then we started talking and then we had this moment of like, wait, are you, are you 
Canadian? Are you Canadian? I'm like describing where I lived. Like you had no idea. And you're like, I've been there. I'm like, I've lived there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> For many years. Yeah. 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 Well, as big as Canada is, which is interesting, but yeah, it's very, it's a very kindred spirit kind of thing. And so you invite me on your podcast and then you were like, I'm booked and busy for months. <laughs> Um, which is so obnoxious no (laughs) you didn't say it like that at all you did not say it like I'm saying it like that because I was like wow you're so cool and and you were just like hey look here's my schedule like you know it'll have to be a little, little while and then as that was happening things on TikTok started to take off and then the rumblings of a podcast on my end started to form and then now I get to have you on it's just it's an honor and it's a privilege I'm so excited so thank you I want to jump right into a topic that neither of us can or will ever stop talking about never (laughs) the Kardashians (laughs) (laughs) some Kardashian content (laughs) you're right like I will never stop talking about this like is it Katie Heron and Mean Girls what's the Lindsay Lohan's character when she's like I could hear myself being boring or repetitive or whatever and she's like I could tell they were annoyed by me but I couldn't stop talking about Regina George that's me but with Kim Kardashian yeah and I think I refuse to back down from this topic even if it is divisive (laughs) just because for me it's all symbolism and I thought it was really interesting so I have a friend who doesn't tune into any pop culture doesn't know who any of these celebrities are doesn't watch any of these shows and she listened to the podcast to try to like support it and she said it reminded her of Greek mythology and I thought that was so interesting because in a way this is the sort of like lore and myths of our time and it's in the same way that me studying war is not saying I'm pro-war it's like me studying the Kardashians is studying something that will guide so much of our culture and affect everyone whether we realize it or not 100% like I obviously just listened to your podcast about body image, plastic surgery, and stuff like that. And when you're talking about all of these women and other people getting like BBLs and stuff, like you're right, it is literally dictating huge amounts of like history and culture and politics like Kim is into politics now so it's like they they just affect kind of like every life sphere so I actually think like sometimes irresponsible to not keep up with the Kardashians (laughs) (laughs) and like listeners I will talk about other things I promise but Mm -hmm. it's funny you say it's irresponsible because I gloss over like when people are mad at me in the comments like I usually try to not engage (laughs) but I had someone who's really mad and wrote this pretty long thread about how I was being really irresponsible by saying that Kim Kardashian is smart in the video I said she's smart I don't agree I don't I'm not saying she's doing good things for the world she's very smart and you can't take that away from her and she's like if you say she's smart then that's going to make young girls look up to her and then that's going to make them feel bad about themselves on and on and on and and I said I think that that's saying that they have no ownership that's basically saying that young people aren't discerning and able to tell by me saying they're smart that also means everything about them is good whereas on TikTok I see the young folks are so discerning and so sharp and intelligent and they're able to to see so many of them oh they're smart and evil and yes yes and and infiltrating kind of every aspect of our society 
Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Lots of smart people are also like using their powers for, for evil. Yeah. I'm like a lot sure. of di- dictators are smart. Absolutely. <laughs> for, it's hard to be a dumb sure. dictator. You won't really get very far. So absolutely. And yeah, I totally get that. Like I really am like pro media literacy and stuff like that. When you're on the internet, maybe a more radical take is like, we shouldn't have these things, but I think a good things. Like social media and like this access to celebrities or other people's opinions or whatever. Oh no, it's I, not good for us. <laughs> it's definitely not good for us, but I'm like, but, but it's here. <laughs> it's here. So what is like the interim solution, which I think is media literacy. So I mean, it's probably yeah. also not good for us either to be living in a city full of cars and smog, you know, f- factories nearby. Like there are a lot of things that science can prove is not good for us, but that is the basis of, of our lives. We're not living natural lives. We're not in a society of 150 people. We're bombarded by way more information than I think we're capable of handling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're, to your point of being media savvy, that is so important because it gives you proper lens to interpret all this over like saturation of, of fact. Yeah. And like to loop back to TikTok <laughs> because, oh and I know you always roll your eyes at this because we will always loop back to TikTok, but well, I'm just my, I'm yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes at myself and my short attention, attention span <laughs> yeah. that this app is it's creating. Same. <laughs> <laughs> literally same um it's yeah debilitating that sometimes <laughs> like, like you like, want me to watch a whole hour, hour long show like, like who are you <laughs> yeah literally but like coming back to tiktok why i appreciate it so much is because a lot of the content at least that my algorithm picks up is calling out like the Kardashians for like Photoshop or curating stuff or like exposing Bachelor Frank and biting or like just shit like that, that it's just, we're, we're just getting better at discerning. You're right. Discerning information. So I think I'm on the negative side of it because I am, I feel very like within the beast right now, but but at the same time, being someone who, who is just consuming that content, it's given me the most hope for the world that I've had in a long time, because there'll be people that are like 20 years old and they have a whole account, Asian stereotypes in cartoons and media and literature. And it was, and she was making so many points that I hadn't thought of, even though I tried to like educate myself on this topic. She was just brilliant in her thesis and just kept finding all these like buried examples and going back through time. I was like, this is the type of stuff that I wouldn't find on another corner of the internet. And there's so many people that, that of all ages that take these thoughts that I've had and take it 10 steps further and yes. give this brilliant, hilarious take on it. So if I'm going to be exposed to too much information, like that's what I want to be exposed to. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. All this to say, should we talk about the Kardashians? Yes, was. Yeah, I feel like the Kardashians, you do have to like preface your conversation with <laughs> like one day I'll stop, but like this is very common for me where I prefer preface it with like 10 reasons why it's still valid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because it is very different if you're analyzing from the take of looking up and and idolizing these people and and I'm saying like in order to not idolize them we need to break them apart we've (laughs) 
<laughs> we've given enough revenues. Uh, let's tear into Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first topic on the docket today is Khloe Kardashian and the Kardashian closet, which is, are they trolling us? I mean, I think it is to go back. The Kardashian closet is their own Poshmark that they've created. Yes. Like eBay. Yeah. It's their own eBay that they call a Kardashian closet. It's their used clothes that they sell for like basically market value. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're like, or higher at some point. It's like, or higher. and not yeah. even trying to be like, you know, when celebrities are like, we give a portion of the profits to charity, but they never say what the charity is. And you're like, no, you don't. They don't even try to say that. Well, they used to, but then they got called out for it and then they stopped, which is really interesting, but it was like 10% to yeah, vague charity. <laughs> literally, it's probably Chris's church, <laughs> like, like, literally probably her church, but no, I, I think it was like, yeah, again, just like a vague statement, but then they articles picks that up and then they stopped it's going to help fund Arthur that. George it's like the sock yeah, the <laughs> that's their company. charity like it's like <laughs> it's just Rob <laughs> yeah it's like that's the one that's losing money so they've turned it <laughs> they've turned it into a non-profit <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah so Chloe got in trouble and this happens I think a lot when they sell their stuff on Kardashian closet but she got in trouble for selling her kids clothes true's true thompson's clothes for more than what she had paid for them and everyone was like chloe what what's going on like what are your what are your thoughts on that first off sometimes i'm like you maybe bought this or you were gifted it so i'm like you could be technically making a hundred percent of the profit right now which is so wild and then it's funny to me because i just feel like this is such a d-list move like I could see a lot of D-listers doing this at some point. I'm like, aren't you like beyond this? Yeah. Like, it feels like it's on the level of like celebrity boxing matches, you know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and this was brought up on a podcast, but I, I definitely want to give them credit, but I can't remember whose podcast it was, but someone was talking about Paris Hilton's wedding and it's like the same thing. Like that whole thing was monetized. I, I'm always like, oh, I, it would be fun to be famous, but I'm like, do you have to give 30 years of your life to become famous like Kim in Paris and still sell your shit on eBay or still post like a blog post the day after your wedding talking about like all of the makeup and shit that like sponsored like the companies that sponsored it like that sounds awful so I'm just like when do you reach like an amount of fame that's or like money that you're like okay with or is this just this type of celebrity will continue to do this because they're not the types of celebrities. Like when you think of like classic Hollywood, like Julia Roberts or like yeah Brad Pitt or whatever, like they would never be caught dead doing this. So no. I don't know, maybe it's just this new era of celeb. But also maybe they were doing depraved things, but the internet wasn't as much of a thing. So we weren't aware True. of them. Like maybe there was True. something else. I'm, I'm just like selling headshots with like signatures yeah, or something. Or like some, you know, maybe yachting, like casting couch ish type of stuff. Like maybe that's why there was this allure. And that was kind of the time where there were real stars, like in, you know, capital S like, and now we don't really have like movie stars. Like, yeah, Robert De Niro, Julia Roberts. It's, it's more just like, there's, you know, there's the the famous person of the moment. But to me, I, I've sort of been developing this thesis in my mind that could be summed up by 
rich people aren't famous and famous people aren't rich. Just to say that it's not universally applicable, but basically that I think so many people that we think are so rich who, who are famous are not as nearly as rich as they say they are. And there's so many very wealthy people. The one thing that they don't have is fame and yes. they sort of have to team up because ultimately you can't buy fame. Like you could pour a billion dollars into trying to be famous, but if you're not likable or compelling, people won't talk about you. And so often then you have these celebrities that have to keep this appearance of being wealthy and having this extravagant lifestyle. It's sort of this interesting relationship. It's all kind of like smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. Because the richest people in the world, we like don't know or yeah. don't see. Yeah. The, the age old question, would you rather be rich or famous? It's like rich, definitely. And you'll never see me again. There's probably more smoke and mirrors than we think because I was thinking about like the Forbes Kylie of it all where yeah. basically it came out like Forbes admitted that the paperwork giving Kylie Cosmetics a billion dollar evaluate valuation evaluation who Valu- like valuation valuation I, I, I know I have a lot of expertise from watching Shark Tank so it's, not, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah I was like it, you definitely drop um, the e but I'm like not it's, it's like, valuation I was yeah. I watched a lot of Shark Tank so <laughs> like literally and it's like this is how you can tell I'm poor like oh no, no I like that is the limit of my financial expertise same same <laughs> literally I went to the bank to meet with my financial like planner this week after they emailed me in March 2020 and we're like we should probably check in <laughs> two years later I'm like hey <laughs> like, do you guys we still- should <laughs> you guys still have my number? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So no, I get that. But yeah, like Forbes basically like admitted that the documents were like forged and that it's not true that the company had that big of a valuation. So then the Kim stuff with her billionaire cover came out and then we have this new Skims valuation. So I don't know, like, should I believe it? I don't know. Well, I think Overall, the Kardashians are not nearly as rich as they say they are. And a lot of their fame now is built off of them giving the air of being incredibly wealthy and kind of unattainable. Kylie Cosmetics always seemed very hollow. It always seemed, you know, there was always quality issues. There was always claims, you know, that it was copying someone else. And that's kind of a lot of their businesses that are slapped together. Skim seems different to me. Not to yes. say, I, clearly, yeah, we, we've mined my financial knowledge, yeah, <laughs> but but I don't know if it's worth $3.2 billion, but I do think it's a moneymaker and it is kind of like an industry changer and people genuinely seem to like it. It seems to be one of those products that you see people buying it, whereas it's like no one is buying Kylie Cosmetics anymore. No, no. I love this because I think you, we're going to talk about this later of like, who's a real caller daddy fan. Like I've never met one. It's like, yeah. Who's a real Kylie cosmetics user. I've never met one. Oh my God. They're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) They're like putting on their Kylie lip kit and then playing caller daddy. You're right. You're right. right. Like it's just because I don't hang out with this. They all live on their their own Island. And like, that's why none of us have ever (laughs) met either of them. They're like the same person and they're in their own habitat. (laughs) 
literally. <laughs> so with Skims, I think it, it is a very a very profitable company. And I mean, as far as expertise, Kim knows yeah. <laughs> knows about squeezing her body into like teeny tiny uncomfortable little shapes. So yeah. you know, she she does seem to have struck gold with that. But it, it is interesting. I'm sure Chris has to be pulling some strings as she I'm sure she does with all of their businesses. It, it's funny that Kylie is still peddling this Kylie cosmetics lie but even when as she's doing it it feels like she's like oh yeah here's here's a launch like even she's kind of knows that we know it seems I feel like some of the interest or passion like has definitely gone away and like mine probably would be too after getting roasted so much like over several years oh I'm just thinking back to like her sitting by the pool with Jordan and like swatching on their arms like when was the last swatching video we got from Kylie (laughs) yeah she's not pretending like she's swatching anymore yeah in the lab in the lab I love how I love how anytime you hear some article or whatever that Chris has probably written defending it's like Kylie has a hand in everything and it's like I love how that's the defense is that no guys she actually works at the company <laughs> yeah, she like, is the head of literally. she literally shows up to work literally. in the morning and stays until the afternoon seriously you have no idea and then we we use this yet on keeping up and like the people that actually worked at kylie cosmetics would just meet them in their like dining room and then be like do you like the name like sapphire or like <laughs> <laughs> tulip yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. and they're like yeah let's go with sapphire and then like move on <laughs> like yeah okay. um, I don't know if you you've heard of the podcast absolutely not um but people okay so it's this really great podcast where people call in it's hosted by the comedian Heather McMahon so people call in and they oh I love this, her well yeah yeah you got it you gotta listen um and people give their absolutely nots and I laugh all the time thinking about this one woman who called in and she's like my absolutely not is when people like Kylie say I made this makeup. You didn't make anything. You're not a chemist. You weren't in the lab. Like someone literally showed you, here's a green, here's a blue, which do you like better? And she was like, that one. Like, we'll call that one stormy. (laughs) Yes, literally. And at this point, like I saw her Valentine's Day launch and it looks like the same shit from five years ago, just like in different packaging. It's just so funny. I'm like, the, these shades of red and pink we've seen before, Kylie. Like The the heart's not in it. She, I mean, there are very few humans on earth who could withstand that amount of hate being thrown. That's thrown at all of them. I think with Kim, she only becomes stronger and more emboldened with it. <laughs> yes. But I think for the rest of them, it's like they just kind of wither away and you see them just becoming these like blank <laughs> like people that have like less and less personality so but yeah I want to <laughs> I want to now address a topic related to the Kardashians that keeps me up at night it me haunts too. me yeah the, like I literally have been waiting to talk about this for years <laughs> like literal so- years where have you been on my life, Tori? Like, we <laughs> need to talk about this. This is a pressing issue. It is. That, like, it's like, we, where's the noise about this? Where is the- No one's speaking the, about where's this. The, where's the advocacy for the Kardashian pets? There's so many and they just fucking disappeared. <laughs> they do disappear. <laughs> we were talking before this episode and I was like, I don't have anywhere to put this. This is not in the news, but I- it stays with me and I need to get it off my chest. And we're like, need to, and we're like, let's do it. So <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, there are like, it feels like thousands of animals <laughs> kind of peripherally in, uh, associated with the Kardashians, but like dozens actually. Yeah. And where are they? 
because we do see photographs of them every day. I know we don't see everything about their lives, but like if they're filming themselves walking around the house, wouldn't they be running around? If you yes. have any dogs, you'd hear, or you'd hear a bark, bark in the background. Yes. Yes. Even in a big house. 100%. And there is literally no mention of any of them. Like I totally get like Kylie started an Instagram account for Normie. Normie. <laughs> like, she used to talk about Normie all the time. Was obsessed. So it's like, yeah. Do I think that you're going to be like writing about Normie for like 10 years? Like, no. Also, I was like, maybe he passed because it has been like 10 years. So possibly <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. But like, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe I don't expect you to uptake an Instagram account, but it's like, there's no way that we haven't caught a glimpse of one of them like yeah running in the yard or like behind the big like Chicago and stormy birthday bouncy castle or yeah. something you would see a bit of like a foot a paw a bark a whatever you would just see a glimpse of an animal but no I mean I think they just treat them like accessories it's they do and they just they get rid of them like that has to be like they rehouse them they're giving them away yeah, I saw this interview when I was doing research on this important topic. And it was like someone interviewing him specifically about all the pets they've had. She was like, Courtney's given away family pets. <laughs> she had a cat and then she gave up for adoption when Rain was born. Like, okay, whatever. That's like not, it's so it's not great to just frivolously give up your pets, whatever. But they all do that, it seems, on a whim. <laughs> like, and they don't get in any trouble for it. No. On, on Housewives, there'll be a whole season revolving around someone giving up a dog when they shouldn't have <laughs> for adoption. But this seems to happen every other month. And I guess people have bigger fish to fry with them. So maybe this goes under the radar. But like, <laughs> Justice yeah. for like Rosie. That, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That we saw yeah. once. Like, yeah, Mercy. Like, <laughs> Yes, Mercy, we do know the the ill fate of mercy so Kanye gave kim a cat and she said she developed an allergy i'm gonna call bullshit on that because I, they've had so many animals and she's never had an allergy before and then all of a sudden she did and i'm gonna say that because in this interview she said well i'm not a big animal person yes she <laughs> like, isn't yeah, no. like no yeah yeah i mean anything that's not related to her you know she doesn't seem to really like like she just <laughs> yeah or anything that can make a mess she's not interested in yeah she wants things to be like clean and focused on her and those pets are neither so and they don't know how famous she is and will never know so maybe she's just like doesn't care my, this is this is not worth my time okay but to tie up the mercy storyline <laughs> mercy like also had like a congenital like heart failure thing so she got after she gave it away yes yeah. she like tragically passed but like I love how we both know off the top of our heads exactly what happened <laughs> to Mercy like exactly one month after you like we're like we're like guys this is we spent 20 minutes being like guys this is so important everyone needs to be tuning in and we're like so this cat eight years ago okay listen <laughs> like where did they get that I I haven't read an article about a Kardashian pet in yeah eight years 15 okay. years I don't know okay so <laughs> I want to go on with this, with this interview with, yes. with him. Um, this is from a while back. So then she goes on to talk about how when Chloe Lamar got divorced, she briefly lived with Rob and allegedly couldn't have pets at his house. So she gave away this, this dog she had uh, not allowed pets at Rob's house. 
I don't know. Nor does she explain what happened to Kendall's dog, Blue, although it seems obvious <laughs> why he may have fallen out of favor. And then she's like, Blue is Kendall's great Dane who pooped everywhere, <laughs> wrote Kim, ominously using the past tense. And then she just goes on to list like, this animal is killed by a coyote, this one, she, she never explains. And it's just... <laughs> I'm like it's, trying to stifle my laughter so I don't annoy the listeners, but I am no. dying. How can a how can a great game fall out of favor with someone? I know. I know. Well, Kendall, people have really caught on to how many interviews she's done where she's like, I am such a tomboy. I'm such a loser. Like I'm literally a horse girl. Man. I'm a horse girl. Yeah. Well, okay. That that's same. I am. <laughs> it's not popular. Um, I'm not a tomboy or a nerd, but I mean, like, I feel like I actually kind of am a nerd, but like, I don't want to say I'm a nerd. I realized that in the last two years and it's been freeing. Yeah. I mean, in the way that I like, like mycology, you know, but like her version of being a nerd is that she watches basketball with Gigi Hadid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In her in her painting, she has like a handful of like hobbies that are typically associated with men. (laughs) Men. She plays basketball. That's her being a nerd with the boy. Yeah. So so in one of those interviews, she's like, "I had this Great Dane puppy once, and it was so awkward." And that's just like me. I'm so awkward. I was like, "Wait, what do you mean you had a Great Dane puppy?" And then (laughs) so she had a puppy who kind of turned into a dog, and then no one heard from it so I think it is just an accessory and I think for any other celebrity they would get in big trouble for that but I think they're so problematic and like do such horrific things all the time that people are like whatever we don't even have time for the pets <laughs> literally literally like where is the airtime like, for these pets yeah. like where's the justice we're bringing like to- yes honestly and people stand with us like yeah we'll start a GoFundMe to launch an investigation honestly Uh, I remember there was like a think piece I think it was on Jezebel about Justin Bieber's pets in like 2011 and I felt the same fury that I do now because he was the exact same like the monkey the cat the little dog like George or whatever that he adopted with Haley just to have it disappear one day well to me everything Justin Bieber does is evil um yeah me too. I feel I feel a darkness creeping over me there's this and I feel like anytime I think about Justin Bieber too much I start to drop in and I get this like chill over me and I'm like I'm not ready for to to fully dive into his whole his whole story. Ugh. Like at some point, yes, when you're ready, I'll be here. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, because there's so much there. There's so much. Just, yeah, I think he to me is I and I and I know I throw around evil and whatever, but to me, if I were to actually use it in the proper sense of the word, I would apply it to him. Fascinating. I I give him way too much slack just because. I loved him so much. Yeah, well, I'm I'm problematic because I believe these things wholeheartedly. And yet when his songs come on, I'm like, this is so funny. Oh, 100%. So yeah, I mean. We can unpack that another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our fellow Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> we have to support our fellow Canadian celebrities. <laughs> There's so few that you, you really do well, have to rep them. Well, someone asked recently if there are Canadian celebrities that just Canadians know about and I was like not really like if they get to any level of fame then they just move to the states adopted by America yes yeah yeah. that was Dan Levy for me 
from like 2006 to 2016. He was my secret celebrity Canadian Um, that I just held closely. (laughs) But uh, I'm trying to think if there is other ones that just we would know. I feel like there's like, no, it's like, it's like Drake, Justin Bieber. Yeah. Sean Mendes. Like, are there ones that are prominent today that like, I think of like people like Sean Desmond, he was Canadian, right? Okay. <laughs> he, he is very Canadian. Yes. Okay. Okay. I want to know for anyone listening who is not from Canada, when we say Sean Desmond, do you know who we're talking about? Because any Canadian who is I would say I'm going to say over the age of like 25, maybe 20. Yeah. Will vivid like shiver is playing in my head right now. Absolutely. I'm right at like a fun and awkward high school dance. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Do you know who Sean Desmond is? Is this just a Canadian thing? Let us know. (laughs) Um, Okay. So put a put a pit. We'll put a pit in that and we'll circle back because we still want to do our uh, an episode in the future about our Canadian tea that we want to spill. It's so juicy. And I, I feel like we're teasing it for months. So people are going to be so hyped up and then extremely <laughs> disappointed, but yeah, we're sitting on a scandal that is very <laughs> myopically Canadian, but is so wild. And we need to do a whole episode about it and we will, and we'll stop being mysterious. But like, it's one of those things. Once you start to like open that can of worms, it's like, you can't, I think people will enjoy it even if they had never heard about it. And I feel like we should do it like serial style. Like we need music. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Incoming. It'll be my one foray into kind of like true crime. Yes. It does (laughs) honestly feel like true crime. So, so for now, I want to talk about call her daddy. My toxic trait is that I want to start every single one of my podcast episodes talking like Alex Cooper. (laughs) What the fuck is up daddy gang? (laughs) I literally sometimes this is sick of me. Like this is sick of me. Sometimes I will wake up in the morning and be like, like to get out of bed and I'll be like, what's up daddy gang? (laughs) Let's get our day started. (laughs) Let's get this bread. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to probably three full episodes. I'm not even a fan and I cannot stop talking about it. (laughs) Same. So when the whole fallout was happening and the whole controversy over the intellectual property of it. I did look into it and I looked at some clips and it's so fascinating to me because it's like we were saying earlier in the episode, who listens to Call Her Daddy? I have never met someone who listens to Call Her Daddy. I brought up Trading Spaces the other day. (laughs) This is is a bit of a tangent, but I brought up Trading Spaces the other day and like brought up Hildy and her horrendous designs. And I found a Hildy fan who came out of the woodwork and was like, I like her style. And I was like, that's legit. Hildy had to have had fans who liked that she painted a whole a mural of her face on someone's living room. Yeah. Or like stuck straw to uh, the full like wall yes. walls of someone Yes. <laughs> when she painted a room black and then like had like highlighter. Painted every single piece of furniture pitch black. Yes. And the floor and ceiling and walls. Yes. She did that. So I met a Hildy fan in the wild, like, and I was like, yes, work. Um, <laughs> but I've never met a color daddy fan. And if you are, I'm not trying to shame it. I am far from someone to judge anyone's pop culture interests because, you know. Yeah. We, um, we just said that the Kardashian pets that we haven't heard of for five plus years keeps us up at night. Yeah, we're, we're no place to judge. <laughs> 
and for the people that that listen to the patreon know that i shamefully watched house of carters oh i think more than once oh yeah yes 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 i heard that and i was like oh cool 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 (laughs) they're very very validating but yeah so it's so fascinating because it's, it's the $60 million question of who is a fan because Spotify paid her $60 million for the deal. And then now it's sort of interesting because I'm wondering, are they regretting it? And what is happening to the show now? What are your thoughts on that? So there was like a big scandal, like last week or the week before where a Reddit user went on to, cause now go rate us right now on Spotify, but Spotify in the past month has released a rating system about podcasts, like for their podcasts, similar to Apple, big podcasts will have like literally over 20,000 ratings. Our TVP has like 30. So right. Same level. I I totally have a footing to like talk about this. (laughs) Okay. Look, this is stupidly underrated. This is why I'm saying, why are you listening to this podcast? Go no, stop, like, okay. stop. <laughs> but like big podcasts will have thousands of ratings, um, especially because she's just on Spotify now. So yeah, like, well, just, that's the exclusive because they paid her $60 million. So yes. Exclusive rights. And then, so then she has Judas Lynn Spears on the show. And all of a sudden gets like the, doxxed, <laughs> like basically yeah, the ratings disappeared. Yeah. So she went from like, like 3.9 or something stars. I should have written it down, but pretty high. She's never at a five. Cause I think she, yeah, has always been a little bit controversial, but I think she usually hovers around like a four and then she dropped to like a one and then miraculously (laughs) yes miraculously the next week her podcast had like 700 ratings I'm gonna check right now if it's back but it's just really suspect a it just shows you how fake shit is on the internet Mm -hmm. then a major company can just delete all of the negative ratings and just leave the the positive ones like it just again shows you how fake all of this is well, it's, it's interesting because full disclosure, when I uploaded my podcast to Spotify, I tried to rate it and they were like, sorry, you have to listen to a couple episodes first. And I was like, okay, but it's, just let me give it a little five star, just a little quick five star <laughs> to myself, but no, they wouldn't let me. So I think most podcast ratings are legitimate, but Caller Daddy is like this special child of Spotify where they know all eyes are on this show. They know that they've, everyone knows about the $60 million deal. And maybe also that the fact that she was given this unprecedented amount of money is part of what generates fame around it and conversation. You know, like maybe that's part of the whole hype of it, but now it is going through I think you said an identity crisis absolutely and I think that this is common for a lot of creators that make it big or like quote-unquote sell out if you're growing as a person your content is probably changing so I think people unfairly often are like well Alex isn't doing like the raunchy sex stuff as much anymore like how dare she like that's what we're here for and she's kind of made this pivot to long form in-depth interviews that really focus on like childhood and trauma and stuff like that and it's a lot less sex a lot less like laughs and stuff like that and like that's totally her choice but I think it's a tough position to be in and I just wonder if Spotify is regretting it yeah she's she's gone from 
different. She's gone from like talking about balls to like trying to be Katie Couric. Yes. It's awkward. It's an <laughs> awkward transition. And I'm like, you probably could have done this better. Like this, the best part about, you know, being a podcast host or whatever, it's like, it's all yours and you're doing yeah. everything and you're posting it. So it's like about yeah. it, but like, I'm just, I just it's think a it's a ballsy. It's yes. It's shocking because they paid so much money for this to be such a hard left turn is like, where is this going? Like I'm, I'm dying to know. Well, and what it was before, it wasn't just a show about sex. To me, it was sex and dating advice for young people that are not dating or having sex yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like it would seem edgy to them. And that's who I think maybe is listening because it's like, if you see a man at a bar, like talk to all of his friends and then like punch him in the arm and run away <laughs> yes, and then yes. cheat on him. And it's yes. like, what? yeah, and it's, it's like, like pretend, pretend you're like texting five other dudes and like, then he'll like be obsessed with you. Yeah. It's literally like, Cosmopolitan magazine yes. in 2003, but in a podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. And yeah, I checked. So recently when she had Jamie Lynn Spears on, I checked her merch shop because I remember when I checked into the IPO drama, she had, she made shirts that said cheat on him. And that was her big thing was cheat on him. Like, let's take the power back ladies. We can cheat men cheat on us. We're going to cheat on them. And so they're still up for sale in her store. And I just think that says it all because it's like those little nuggets of wisdom will sound fun and edgy to someone who's like 16 and imagining what life's going to be like when they start going out to bars properly. You know what I mean? And like, when you get older, you're like, actually, you just want someone who's like, Hey, I like you. Like, are you available? Like it's not, Yes. (laughs) there's no weird game. And then you don't need to like, listen to like eight episodes of like blowjob tips you know, yes, like- literally literally <laughs> yeah you're right because it's like the games are fun when you're watching it on a tv show and stuff like that but it's not fun in real life and well like when we read cosmo when you're we were younger we're like okay totally, this is yeah, what it's gonna notes. be like yeah yeah <laughs> it's not gonna be like that at all <laughs> and zero of those things happened to it like happened yeah. to me in my life so yeah no it has not happened to anyone i don't even think, think it happened to the people writing it i think they were just like <laughs> well they needed to come up with like a hundred and 37 each yeah 137 sex tips every month like that is your man (laughs) yeah but but I think that whole Cosmo please your man thing how every single article was about that the modern iteration of that is call her daddy or I guess what it kind of was maybe like a few years ago where it's like now we're not just about pleasing men like we are but also we take the power back we're power bosses blah 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 blah. but it's like all right fine sure clearly there's an audience for that and she's more wealthy than you know will ever be but now to then go to trying to do these incredibly serious interviews with incredibly polarizing people is too much of a contrast it's very very bizarre it's so weird because so she had Colton Underwood on who I don't think I have a lot to say about that okay okay (sighs) getting <laughs> aggravated just thinking about the fact that she had Colton Underwood on. Same, same. I feel like I've like dealt with my anger over the last couple of weeks. So maybe it doesn't sound like it, but I was livid. <laughs> but I, I have not resolved my anger about it because so just to go back a little bit, mm-hmm. her giving a platform to Jamie Lynn Spears 
not great because I think it's been proven now how much she's lied in her book. Yeah. She's, she's no one's clearly trying. Yeah. No one's buying it. She's yeah. clearly trying to beat, beat Britney to the punch. Britney's still captive. Like she's still disentangling herself from the conservatorship and hasn't gotten any justice. And so that's a problem. Colton Underwood, maybe I get more angry about it because I think Jamie Lynn Spears is getting the hate that I don't maybe I don't say that she deserves but she's getting enough hate to go around Colton Underwood to me is a monster and he's the epitome of celebrating white male like mediocrity yes and Um, and and hot white men yeah getting away with murder yeah getting away with murder or to, to literally get away with stalking and like military tactics against someone so for anyone who doesn't know the backstory, Colton Underwood was the bachelor on the show, the bachelor. And then he basically, he had got a restraining, he had a restraining order filed against him with the person that he chose to be with Cassie. And it came out that he harassed her, intimidated her. He put a tracking device on her car, mm-hmm. like very, he got like very- a burner phone to be like, message her. Like I'm outside her house. He posed as a different stalker and made her think that she had a real stalker when it was him. Yeah. Premeditated horrific stuff. Then within the same calendar year, he gets a Netflix special and the Netflix special has deep violin music. It has Gus Kenworthy, like a gay Olympian coaching him through coming out Colton, how to be gay, blah, blah, blah. I cannot. It pisses me off so much because they they were like well we will get into the controversy like you've done some things Colton but like clearly you were struggling and it's like that same privilege and like allowances aren't afforded to anyone else like it's not afforded to like women people of color like people who are like unattractive you know like there's he's like a buff blonde like all-american looking guy and so people are like well he was struggling like my heart goes out to Colton he had he went he went through a lot he, he made some mistakes but like you know yeah. And, and when people like Alex Cooper have people like Colton on her show, it gives permission for these things to continue to happen and to not have him be canceled. And I think he should have yeah. been canceled. Like, Well, yeah. And cancel culture doesn't exist. Yes, clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. This is the finest example of it because people there, there's a lot of uh, support for him amongst Bachelor Nation. Like no surprise, there's support of like all kinds of problematic people, but they're like, he's, he's paid, he's paid for his mistakes. I'm like, he actually should have gone to jail Yes, um, and he hasn't. And not that I believe that the prison industrial complex is like the solution to our problems but I do want to lock him away (laughs) yeah 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 like there should have been consequences yeah I'm also like obviously anti-prison but there should be consequences and like yeah maybe restorative justice or something like that like not a tap on the wrist in a goddamn Netflix special absolutely 100% and he is back to doing what he was when he was the bachelor, like there was literally no repercussions and like to bring it back to the Alex Cooper of it all. Like, I just don't know. Does she just think that at this point, because of her like $60 million deal that she's like beyond reproach. Is that the word I'm even looking for? Like, is she, cause I think to be honest, the Jamie Lynn thing might have done her in. I really don't think she can bounce back from this. 
for me, I don't understand her fame to begin with. So I don't know what will be her downfall because I don't understand the popularity in the first place. Like maybe from this episode, someone will come forth and be like, hey, I've listened to Call Her Daddy. Like, and I want to hear, tell me about it. Like, I'm interested if you're a fan, like I, I don't really connect with it. But I do know, like, from a lot of what I read when she had her falling out with her co-host, um, Sophia, like, they really balance each other out. Like, I think mm-hmm. Sophia's, like, bringing a lot of stories and a little serious. And Alex is, like, yelling a lot and brings the energy <laughs> but doesn't have, like, as much of the substance. And so yes. maybe she's trying to, like, generate that substance herself. And and also, she knows that there's pressure on her to kind of live up to this whole $60 million deal. And so she's she's trying to bring the heat but it's like it's not coming off how you think it is or how you want it to come off totally and I was trying to again because yeah you're right like I don't just want to shit on her I I do want to actually investigate what's going on and the only reason that I've been able to like come up with this is like (laughs) a she has access to just way more people to interview but again they're not going to be the I don't know why I keep bringing this up, like the Julia Roberts or the, like, she's not interviewing Kim Kardashian next week, but she can get people now like Colton or Judas Lynn, but that's just might be interesting to her to talk to more celebrities. And then B, I was thinking like, she has kind of been become a celebrity herself. And I'm pretty sure now she's in like a long-term relationship. So it's like, maybe she just doesn't want to talk about like super raunchy sex because she's not hooking up with randos and maybe she can't talk about a lot of stuff because now she can't out her friends where it's like before she did herself into a corner exactly like before she could talk about her friends one night stands and stuff because they were randos now it's like tana mojo and stuff so you can't yeah. just be like oh my friend did this like crazy thing they went they went out and ndas were signed exactly so like she <laughs> she literally maybe just doesn't have the content yeah, and i think that does true. happen with a lot of people again once they reach this level like but that's yeah that's a really interesting point is so that like she built her name off of being fun and wild and frivolous And now that's sort of not really possible and she's older and matured. And so she's trying to have this mature content, but the mature content she's bringing forth is not the investigative journalism that anyone asked for. It's giving voices to people that should not have voices. And so I'm very interested to see if there will be fallout. The comparable podcaster obviously is Joe Rogan. I think they're the only two that are kind of in the same echelon, I Mm -hmm. think, in terms of how much money they make. Yeah. Or maybe in the the world. Yeah. I can't think of any. Well, like the top five podcasts in the world, like they're in the top five. Yeah. in the whole world so yeah yes makes perfect sense well anyhow we will see <laughs> yeah we'll see I want to know what other people think like you were doing a little call out for people that are like fans and stuff but also just let us know what you think daddy about gang. this daddy gang rise, rise, rise up, up. <laughs> rise up daddy gang I want us to have a conversation because I find her fame really fascinating it's and- so fascinating because one last thing and then we can move on but I also <laughs> just think she is like a calculating person and not using that in a bad way like she is also strategic and obviously had a goal to become famous or like wealthy or a creator or whatever and then got there so I'm just 
I'm curious, maybe she has the skills that I, like, she has the foresight that I don't have right now. (laughs) Yeah. She has a business acumen that is very strong. You don't just stumble into a deal like that and fame like that. And, and even if you're presenting a guise of being like, I'm just here to talk about raunchy stuff. It's a lot of people can say raunchy things. No one can do it at her level with that type of content. And so it does take a strong businesswoman. So that's why, yeah, beneath that, there is that level. So we'll see. So I want to move on and talk about Euphoria. I know we're both watching. Are you watching Euphoria? Yes. Yes. I watched season one like two weeks ago over one weekend. Yes. Maybe three now. No. It, because I, it's I'm weird. Okay. Yeah, it's weird how and like I'm up to date to episode four of season two now, but it's heavy content. So obviously you're thinking about it a lot and like in your feels and stuff. But yeah, I I got my booster and I was like laid out. So I binged you for you. You're like I'm in a deep dark rabbit hole. Like let's just go further down <laughs> yeah. the depths. Yeah, no, I watched I watched uh, season one all in one go as well. And I was very unsettled and unwell after that and compelled. And I was like waiting for season two for two years. And then it arrived and I'm extremely sensitive to violence. And so I watched the first episode or episode one was horrifying and I was not okay. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. I'm not watching it. Even though I waited two years for this show, I'm not watching the rest of the season. And then n- the next week <laughs> rolls around. <laughs> the cast were promoting I saw one promo from Zendaya on Instagram I'm like okay I'll, I'll maybe I'll just watch it but now it's like I have this routine I get dumplings and I prepare myself emotionally and then I traumatize myself by watching it and then I watch two episodes of Drag Race after as yes. a palate cleanser yes and then yes. I rock myself to sleep <laughs> yes yeah no and then I wonder why I do this and then I do it all again <laughs> yes I literally have to take breaks and watch YouTube videos yeah. to get myself through an episode it's funny. My, I was trying to, I was trying to talk my boyfriend into watching with me because I was like, I'm not going to be okay. So I want to just drag you down with me. And he refused. And then this podcast that he was listening to said that it was a creepy 50 year old man's fantasy of what high school would be. And I can't, can't get unsee that out it. of my head. I can't unsee it. Yeah. It's so, it, it's true. It 100% <laughs> true. I went on a walk with one of my colleagues who's in her forties. And she was like, Tori, like, was it just me? Like not having sex like that in high school? Or like, is that the norm? <laughs> I was like, Oh, sweet pea. Like <laughs> a, you're oh. asking the wrong person. Like I was definitely not doing that, but I was yeah. just like, I don't know. Like, but it's not, I don't think it is. Well, we're all scared of everyone who watches it. Who's older. We're all scared of teenagers now. Tara, like, I've been scared of teenagers for years. Yeah. And we're all, and anyone who doesn't have kids is like, wow, really affirmed in that choice right now. Yeah. Like, it's like it, a lot of people watch it go through this big roller coaster, but it's so compelling. Yeah. There's so many moments of genius in the show. And this is what I've been struggling because I don't think I saw it as much in season one. But yeah, coupled with Sam Levinson, who's the creator, writer, director I think being seemingly creepy and having like major plot holes and like bad some bad writing and stuff like that and direction yeah that's confusing having it painted as this is the twisted fantasy of a, a creepy old man of what he would think of teens as is interesting because 
it ties into something that the character who plays Cassie, Sydney Sweeney. Oh, um, so Sydney Sweeney, who plays Cassie, brought it up that she's naked a lot on the show. And it is interesting because they're supposed to be teenagers, but they're naked all the time. And she said, I mean, this is kind of a greater issue, but that if you're a woman who's an actress and you do nude scenes, it, you're not taken seriously anymore but if you're a man who does it it's like whatever this is like avant-garde art not that there's anything wrong with nudity but it does seem gratuitous yeah like it's meant to be very shocking and it's meant to be controversial yeah absolutely remember when we were having these conversations about lena dunham and girls (laughs) yes but yeah, I liked and- that. Like I didn't I only watched the first season. I thought her like the nudity in that show is fine. Maybe I'm just misremembering it. This does seem like a lot and I'm not I don't feel like a scandalized person. Well, I think the the di- the main difference is that with Lena Dunham, she was a person in her mid 20s playing someone in her mid 20s. Yeah. And a lot of the controversy was around that she didn't have the typical body type that we had seen a lot before at that point. But the thing about Euphoria is that uh, it's 16 year olds and it seems to be like a, how many times can we get their tits out? Or like, you know, in an episode, which is maybe, I don't know, then maybe like, it's like we either even the playing field and everyone's naked on every show or like it, I don't know. I don't know if it's bad or if I'm like have internalized like sex shame or like body shame. I I don't know. The fact that it's about teenagers is what makes it controversial. Yeah. I don't know either. I feel like on this episode, there's so many question marks that I have like these are just my musings because a lot of these things yeah I don't have actually definitive answers which is kind of fun as well but like you're right like when you were talking with Sam about aging in Hollywood I felt that a lot because I turned 30 this year and this is like I feel like the first time in my life where like I guess there's always a pressure to like look young but like I actually feel phased out of the predominantly uh, like the ideal of being in your like 20s like being attractive in your 20s which is so interesting to me so it's weird that from this perspective yeah like a lot of people are hoping for nudity about a 16 year old yeah exactly it it, it is interesting so I'm just thinking about the aging thing (laughs) I get the joy now of uh, having 11 year olds be like, you're like 40. <laughs> Tell my Shut kids. up. <laughs> which is, which, yeah, which actually makes me laugh. I think <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind, but it is. Yeah. There, there's something about beauty standards and how it prioritizes youth to a creepy degree. Like it, it's this unspoken thing, how it prioritizes basically underdeveloped like underage bodies and like people yes. then yes. putting them on display. It's sort of like, here's what you wanted society now and the sh- and everyone watches the show and here it is what do you think and it's it's very thought provoking totally totally because another point in season 1 that stood out to me was like when Zendaya was narrating about Jacob Elordi's character liking Maddie cuz she was hairless and yeah. again we could just talk about that for hours about having no hair is a prepubescent trait it's deemed as like a feminine trait like just all of that stuff but it is really fascinating when you look at who the creator is I feel like sometimes the message is different when I thought maybe a lot of the topics that this show covered were nuanced and then I was like oh (laughs) 
And like, not that they're not nuanced, but I was like, I, like, I don't know. I was just like, this is so progressive. And then I was like, actually, like, is it? I don't know. I'm, I'm still actually unsure. Clearly they've struck gold if we're here, you know, having these conversations and not knowing where to arrive upon. But yeah, I mean, that's something that we brought up in last week's beauty standards episode is just how much of the beauty standards revolve around pedophilia. Like how much of the ideal is someone who like has, um, is like a, a, a smooth, sexy baby basically like is hairless and has these big eyes and, you know, innocent and wayfish and whatever. And so it is to your point, you, you made a very good point of like, so the, the person presenting that is important. The context is important, but then when you see the show, it's like, does it exist so that we question that? Or is it just exploiting that? 100%. And I think when I watched season one, I thought it was showing a lot of like social issues, et cetera, or just lived experience of diverse characters, like in an interesting way. And now I'm like, maybe it does seem a little exploitative now, which like a lot of the things that I've been reading about is Kat storyline because a lot of her scenes have been cut from season two she was apparently mad with the direction of her character Barbie um I can't remember her last name Ferreira Ferreira, who's the actor wasn't happy with where things were going and I was thinking about some of those storylines with Kat seeming like a little yeah like stereotypical and maybe she wanted to bring it into a different direction and that didn't happen So yeah, what do you, what do you think about kind of some of the drama that's happening with the cast? I think it's very juicy because a lot of it is sort of mimicking the storylines Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm here to always talk about the PR aspect of it. I always find that fascinating and I always like to pick it out, like root it out, be like, is this PR? But it is interesting when you have this show that revolves so iconically around these characters and you can't just replace them they they need to be the face it's character driven it could be no one else and so when you have that and then you have someone who's not happy it's like when kim cattrall left sex in the city it's like you can't that can't happen so it seems like there's a lot of drama going on behind the scenes and i'm not sure about the uh, barbie Ferreira drama you brought up the point of like about hunter schaefer not filming with jacob alordi because of this rumored romantic triangle cheating situation yeah yeah and now that I think about it I don't think Zendaya has been in too many scenes with him either so they dated a handful of years ago when I think Euphoria was filming its first season yeah again maybe allegedly there was some nefarious behavior on his behalf and then they split up but Hunter, she unfollowed him on Instagram and follows the rest of the cast. And then we kind of saw Jules and Nate's storyline fizzle out, even though they actually had like one of the central plot lines in season one. And now they don't film. Well, I always want to like dig and dig and dig, but with this cast and all their drama, I don't even really care to dig because I'm so sold on this sort of like mysticism of the show. Whenever there are these rumors of this sort of real life imitating the show, I'm just like here for it. Dominic Fike and Hunter Schaefer, who plays Elliot and Jules, 
who have this sort of romantic tension on the show were opening weekend of euphoria. They were spotted holding hands, leaving nice guy. And they've been spotted all around town, leaving these prominent paparazzi spots. And for me, if it's PR, I don't care. I'm just, I just love it. I'm here for it. Same. They're so cute together that I like, don't care. I feel like that's the case for other PR relationships too, that I just like, like the thrill of Ben and Jen getting back together did cure my depression in 2021. So I'm like, it caused my depression. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so I don't care that it's fake. Like, but I don't care if this is fake either, but like, if your PR bells aren't ringing when you see them at Craig's and nice guy holding hands, getting popped three times in like two weeks, then you are not on our level. <laughs> yeah. Get on our level. No. And, and like when their show who hasn't been on air for two years is now premiering and suddenly they're out all around town. The more that I dig into this sort of world of PR couples, the more I think that there's a lot of hybrid models. I yes. want to say where it's like, I'm sure if all these young, hot people are, are spending a million hours on a film set together, of course stuff's going to happen between them. We're, we're probably going to have no idea like <laughs> to, of, of all the goings on happening behind the scenes, but there are going to be people dating, breaking up drama, etc. And so if there is something going on, then from a PR perspective, I'm sure there's pressure to then round it up to a full relationship or to take that relationship and be public with it. It doesn't mean it's completely fake. It doesn't mean each other or it could be completely fabricated because that happens too yeah totally I was thinking of the glee cast where apparently I was listening to fluently Ford this week all of them were having sex with each other but again it was in blind items it wasn't photographed at craig's but when glee was on it it wasn't as much as popular a, that is a good point you're like totally right it wasn't as big but I just yeah. think like a lot of people have relationships and they never get caught. So when they are caught, I feel like nine out of 10 times it's because they want to be. And I agree. I'm totally on board with like the hybrid thing. Like I think like Hunter or Dominic, yeah, maybe it's a serious thing or maybe they're just, you know, dating around. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's not two people in a regular couple being like, we need to get dinner. Where should we go tonight? Like what, what, what are you in the mood for? Oh, nice guy. Like it's not that. But even if it's fabricated, I'm not mad at it. But yeah, it it is. It's entertaining. It's like there is a separate show going on concurrently with the show, which is what is so entertaining about it. How we were trying to talk about the message of Euphoria and trying to pin it down, um, you know, whether we agreed or disagreed, you know, we we weren't really able to come to a conclusion. So it's it's very much an art imitating life kind of kind of thing. Okay, and that's our show for today, guys, Um, because gorgeous, gorgeous girls have audio issues um, and the rest of the interview was uh, scrambled and I'm not a techie as much as I'm trying to live my like audiovisual club fantasy right now. Um, editing this podcast. So that's it. So I want to send you guys over to listen to Tori's podcast, Ready to Be Petty, that can be found on Apple and Spotify. And you can also follow her on Instagram at 
RTBP podcast. And also, now that Tori's not here, I just want to invite you guys to just lightly cyber bully Tori or like just like just gen just like gently harass her. Um, I've been on this campaign to get her on TikTok. Um, I want her to join us in the deep dark underbelly of the internet. And I think she's on the brink. Like I think I'm like making some progress. But if you guys want to go and just like maybe like intimidate um and like just I, I feel like bullying and like peer pressure is like a good way to like make things happen. Um, you know, but but kindly. And I just want to thank her for bringing her energy uh, to this podcast. You know, this is really a space where we honor pettiness um, and we really hold it as um, as sacred. And so, <laughs> so thanks, Tori. I'll see you guys next week. All right, guys, that's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review. Heck, leave a five-star review while you're at it. Follow me on Instagram. It's become a whole thing and TikTok. And I'll see you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.